Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, thank you for joining me. Welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn Awardner, and it's time for another Ask Me Anything. Now, as some of you who are members of the Facebook group will know, I was snowed in this week and the two podcast recordings I had booked in were scuppered by the beast from the east. If you're not resident in the UK, then that was um, a particular weather front that uh, savaged March. It didn't really savage March. We just got a bit of snow and then everything went into chaos, but um, I couldn't travel to where I needed to be. So I decided to do an Ask Me Anything. That's not to say that this is just filler. I do try to provide all killer, no filler on this podcast, but it just seemed timely. And um I get a lot of emails from people, which is brilliant as ever, thebeautypodcast.gmail.com. I will always be happy to see a new email in my inbox. I get quite a few messages and a lot of them are similar. And so actually a way of addressing some of these questions is to answer them in a show rather than do several responses to different people. I also opened this up to the Facebook group. So um, if you aren't already, the link will be in the show notes. I urge you to come and join us over in the Facebook forum. We are having a lot of fun, having a lot of brilliant discussion about various, whether it's beauty stuff, life advice, just posing some questions. But I told the guys in the Facebook forum, look, I can't record the shows I want to record this week. It means that I still want to deliver on Sunday. So I'm thinking about an Ask Me Anything. Would you be keen? And if so, what questions would you like to ask? And loads of loads of the Facebook fam um, replied. And so what I'm going to do in this episode of the show is just go through a handful of questions that I got um, that got a lot that got the most likes basically on the Facebook forum. So uh, yeah, again, if you're not already a member, please do go over there. It is a closed group, but I do approve everybody personally, and I try to do it as quickly as possible. I try to go in at least once a day, and if there are um, pending requests, I go in and immediately take a look and approve them. So you should find it quite a quick turnaround. So. To get started, I had this excellent question from Catherine that made me chuckle so much and then made me really, really think about this particular question. Um, And I had a lot of fun actually just kind of like daydreaming about it. So Catherine asked, who in the beauty industry would you be stranded on a desert island with and why? This is such a good question. Such a good question. Um, It's going to have to be a massive desert island by the way because there are literally about 100 people that I could think of 
off the top of my head that I would want to join me. Jules Von Hepp being one, James Reed, Nadine Baggett, the pod fam, so that's Lindsay and Harriet from Full Coverage, Jill and Carleen from Broken Beauty, Jess and Jen from Fat Mascara. I would want Caroline Hirons there just to keep us all in check. Um, Abby Cleave from Ultrasun because if she was coming there would be a suitcase of very good SBF on the way and she is also such a brilliant such a brilliant woman such an incredible businesswoman I learn a lot from her every time that I am in her company so yeah it would be hundreds of people Sam and Nick uh, Sally who else Lisa Potter Dixon for sure Mark Elricks from Tan Lux did I say Mark Elricks? I think I did. Mark Elricks from, oh, Mark Elric from Tan Lux. Um, gosh, so, so many people. Dr. Murad. I think we'd have to have, like, Dr. Murad. And if it was a desert island, you'd have to have, like, a sand throne or something. So many wonderful people in the beauty industry. Please don't make me choose. But um, I'm sure that we would have a lot of fun around. I'm presuming there'd be a bonfire at some some point. Um yeah, it would be a gas, but um, I know so many of you put your own Desert Island beauty choices under there. So if you are listening to this and you fancy going and having a look, go over there, look at the comments and add your own because um, it would be quite a Desert Island, let me tell you. Alexa asks, well, she wants to know actually, what I'm watching, reading and enjoying using doesn't have to be beauty. So um, I just actually started watching Scandal and I'm hooked hooked um I love how to get away with murder and decided decided it was time to try another Shonda show I did start Grey's Anatomy and as many of you who listen to the show might know I tend to work and if I'm not listening to a podcast I'll sometimes just have the tv on and I'm not really paying attention but the television is on and I'm kind of tuned in but not a lot if I'm just sort of doing stuff that doesn't require my entire focus like admin or whatnot and I kind of got into, I think, the series, the fifth series of Grey's Anatomy, and I just stalled, and I haven't revisited it. But um, I really love how to get away with murder. I just find it fast. I love the editing. I love the way it does the sort of time where you start the show at a particular point in the day, and then it will rewind, and you see how everything slots together. I think it's a really clever device for keeping you interested. And I like Scandal for the sort of, it's a real tapestry and how things weave together are very, very interesting. Um, yeah, and we should probably try and get Shonda Rhimes on the podcast, shouldn't we? I read her book and it was pretty amazing. So there we go. I also adore Drag Race. I don't think that comes as a surprise to anyone listening to this show. And I talk about it in some depth actually over on Robin James' podcast. So he's a man for himself. No, he's not a man for himself. He's man for himself. And I'll put the link to his podcast with me in the show notes but I covered so much about why I love Drag Race um, when I spoke to him a few weeks ago on his show what I'm reading at the moment I'm going through Lindsay Kelk's book like gang books like gangbusters I just find them so readable and so enjoyable and I have a, a shelf full of books 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 that I have to read um because they are authors who I would like to get on the podcast so I'm doing my research um Sarah Wilson how to make the beast beautiful that's one that I'm dipping in and out of at the moment it's sort of it's that thing of when it's research I can get really sucked in and then I sort of get a bit exhausted is the wrong expression but when you've been working 18 hours a day you're like oh I need some downtime that's when I click on scandal and kind of let it wash over me 
It's a great show. In terms of what I'm using, um, I'm going to really flag up Nioxin. Now, I do this with the caveat, I do want to address this subject in far greater detail in another episode and in a feature that I'm writing for my website, which I think I've alluded to before. But it has to do with hair loss and hair thinning. And I started using Nioxin, which is a three-step system. So it's a shampoo, conditioner, and a mousse. Um, Not a styling mousse, it's a delivery system for um, a scalp activator. Um, In November, I appeared on a panel. It was actually with Robin from Man For Himself. I appeared on a panel for the brand to discuss my own personal experience with alopecia and hair thinning. And then I had my scalp analysed and I started using the... um, system three step system and I'm number four which means I have progressed thinning and it's concentrated around my hairline at the front in kind of the v shape so it's very classic female pattern baldness as opposed to the male pattern baldness which is obviously starts at the top of the head at the crown and I have color treated hair because I cover my dark my dye I cover my gray so I use the system four and I've used nothing else I've literally and I wouldn't do this unless I thought it was very good I've thrown out all other shampoos and if I go and get a blow dry which isn't very often by the way I take it with me and say I'm sorry you're going to have to use this because my hair has literally transformed and I've got to the point where people when I see them if I haven't seen them since Christmas or if it's like I last time I saw them was early January and it's now March they're like your hair looks really thick have you had extensions it's really blown me away and I remember when Nioxin launched in when did it launch well a few years ago it came into the it came into the UK market and I went to a press day and I was very dismissive of it because I just thought it was about refining the follicle which I was like well that's not the same as thickening my hair is it is it um because what we want what one wants when your hair is thinning or fine is you want it to grow back you don't want your follicles to be refined but obviously it's all it's a very emotional subject and the other thing I didn't like about it is you put the conditioner on your scalp now as someone with fine thin hair I literally put conditioner on the bottom centimeter of my hair because if I put it anywhere up it will weigh it down it will just leave a disgusting residue so again I was like you're never going to get me to put that conditioner on my scalp but in November last year I was like you know what stop being a douche try it. I tried it. I've thrown out everything else. My hair is transformed. And one of the other things that um, Nioxin has in its favour is that it has a styling range that comes with it. So it's got something called Diaboost, which almost sort of, uh, it was described to me the other day by someone who said it's like it bubble wraps around the hair, so it gives it a thickness. But it's also got gels, hairsprays, dry shampoo that all have those thickening ingredients in so that it gives that feeling of bulk and guts, which if your hair is thin and fine, it can feel, you know, that it's got nothing to it. And this is something that I have definitely noticed and felt a difference. And also other people are noticing it. So that at the moment is my just on a pedestal product. That system is just incredible. I'm not going to dig into that any deeper because it's a much, much bigger subject. Um, I've had real frustrations trying to research um, products for um, thinning hair and uh, fine hair 
um, to the point where there's one brand who will only give you, because I obviously speak to the press offices, they'll give you pictures and a press release, but there's no access to experts. Well, that's not good enough, I'm afraid. There are questions. You can't sell promises without backing it up. So I'm trying. I am on the case with that one. Trust and believe. But if you haven't seen Nioxin yet, if you are feeling like your hair is thinning or you want a solution to the condition of your hair, if you feel like it's fine, flyaway, wispy, you have alopecia, I really highly recommend it. But throw everything else out. For me, that worked. Throwing everything else out and only using that made a significant difference. And I feel like I have much better quality hair, which is a great feeling. Now, Rachel in question number three, and I do get asked this a lot, I think because I wang on about films and books a lot, but Rachel has asked what my top five films and books are and why. Now, this week I was nearly felled by a challenge. My friend Jonathan sent me an email, which he just, I can't even remember what he said, but it was just something like, this is worth doing. And it is um, naming your favourite film in every year since the year you were born. So he had done it and he was like, it took a lot of time, had to dig deep. And I think I just replied with, I work from home, I'm freelance you've just cost me money um, because how can you not do it? I have always had a floating, what I call the floating five films. So these are my top five films that will, um, what's the word? They will change in order depending on my mood, depending on the season, who knows. But I'll tell you what my top five films of all time are. Point Break, the original, not the remake. First of all, Keanu Reeves. Second of all, Patrick Swayze. Thirdly, Surfing. There's just something about that movie that is so damn good. I can't even necessarily put my finger on it. It's so well drawn. It's so well written. I got it completely from the second it started. I was completely, completely hooked. And I've never been so... I don't think... I think I must have watched it a thousand times when I was a kid. I actually remember I was supposed to be revising for GCSEs or something. And I think there was a workman in the house for some, I think some, we were having like a um, washing machine installed or something. And I should have been revising and I was watching Point Break and he just came in and said, you're never going to pass your exams if you're watching this. I was like, don't care. Um, I didn't say that. Obviously, I turned the television off and felt terribly bad about it for a while. But I think he, I think he might have been prompted to do that by my mother, who was at her wits end, just just saying, "Could you just revise, please, Emma? Thank you." Um, I love that movie. The um, there, there's a real there's a story that Johnny Utah goes on. He stands by what he believes in. He's got real gumption. He's a little young upstart, but he's onto something. I really like it. So there's that. Casino Royale. This is 2006 version with Daniel Craig and the absolutely gorgeous Ava Green. Apart from the scene where Vesper applies eyeshadow after mascara, you just have to forgive it for that. Um, I love. I loved the Bond reboot. I really enjoyed Daniel Craig's Bond. I enjoyed the fact that it had elements of Bourne. I know that a lot of people were like, it's lost what James Bond was about. For me, I absolutely loved it. And actually, the most recent films, Skyfall and Spectre, I've thought were garbage. Um, I really don't like all those motifs of, of dragons and you know henchmen and all that kind of stuff. I've, I've found them quite lame. 
but Casino Royale I can watch over and over again from beginning to end. The chemistry between Daniel Craig and Ava Green, that scene on the train, I'm the money. And they talk about having their lamb skewered and by the cut of your suit. I just love all of that. So I encourage you to go and watch that scene, if nothing else, if you haven't seen it already. (laughs) Also in my top three, Terminator 2. It's Arnold, and despite being over 20 years old, it hasn't aged. You go and watch that today, and it stands the test of time. And also, I think the switch from the T-800 being a cold-blooded killing machine in the first one to being the beating heart of the second was just excellent writing. And also, I'll never forget seeing Linda Hamilton doing pull-ups on that bed frame in the asylum and just thinking, oh... I think I want to be ripped too. Um, and I remember interviewing Matt Roberts, the personal trainer, years ago. And I, and he asked me what, what kind of uh, changes I wanted to see in my body. And I said, oh, I want arms like Linda Hamilton. He was like, you and everyone else who comes into this gym. So even then, I think the film must have been about 15 years old, 10 years old. And uh, people were still citing Linda Hamilton's physique in that movie. She is a badass. She is so cool in that film. Um a more recent addition is Call Me By Your Name. And I sort of have to... No, I'm going to say Call Me By Your Name um, because that just floors me every time I watch it. And every time I watch it, I notice something different. And I feel all the emotions for a good while afterwards. In fact, I watched it. It came out on video recently, meaning you could stream it. Because <laughs> obviously what comes out on video these days. And I watched it and I was so moved by it again. And my friend Louisa, who I really geek out with about movies, I called her the next morning and was like, Elio, 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 Elio. And she was like, oh, you watched it again then. It's just so moving. It's just, it just fills my heart. And that um, monologue at the end, um, Michael Stolberg, Stolberg or Stolberg, uh, he plays the dad. Oh, that is... Yeah, if you don't have an emotional reaction to that, then then goodness me, that really sucker punches me each and every single time. I was about to go in and say one of my other favourite films is What's Your Number? It's a romantic comedy featuring Arna Faris, Chris Evans. Also, um, oh gosh, what's his name? I've completely forgotten. Not Martin Short, but he's a Martin, I'm sure. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, what's your number is rom-com, but it's, I, just, I just like it and... I went through a period of insomnia a couple of years ago and it was on Netflix. And in one evening I watched it, in one night when I couldn't sleep, I watched it five times. I just find that, again, it's all about pacing. It's all really, really good. Um, and I love all the the Marvel movies a lot. Um, not so much DC, that's a bigger conversation. But yeah, the Marvel movies, in love with, big time. And I don't hold books in the same regard because I never revisit a book, but I revisit movies a lot because I do believe that they get better on multiple viewings uh, because you see different things and you have different interpretations. Um, and my mind is so active, I find it very difficult to concentrate on books. My mind wanders a lot. But if I had to pick my top five, um, I would say In Cold Blood by Truman Capote because it's just a beautiful example of writing. Um, he's so economical with his words, but he paints a picture. And even when I think about that book, I think of myself in that house and I feel like it, it was like a portkey if you're a Harry Potter fan. You just feel like when you pick up that book, you can, you can smell the farm, you can just everything I feel like I'm in it and it's it's extraordinary piece of writing and when Lisa Potter Dixon came on the show she asked me what my favorite book was and I said that one because I that's the only book I reread and um, I know that she started reading it so I must check in with her because it's quite tough it's quite a hard read um another book a series of books in this case was Girl with a Dragon Tattoo the character of Elizabeth Salander is one I've never wanted to read about more Every time she wasn't on the page, I would race through the text to get back to her. She just held my attention. She was fascinating. I loved those books and I loved how they were drawn. I loved the complexities of it. I love how things came together. I just, they were excellent. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed those. I love Jen Sincero's book. She's been a guest on this podcast, as I'm sure you know. But um, I call them the badass series. They're not there. You are a badass and you are a badass at making money. And they helped lift, lift me out of a very... They helped me lift myself out of a very dark time because they spoke to me in a language I could relate to. I'm, I'm not one for self-help books, as I've seen... I have seen instances where I do think people can cling to them like life rafts and quote passages like scripture, but not actually apply the principles. Um, it's one thing to say, it's another to do. So I tend to dip in and out more than try to find myself within the pages. Um, for me, the Jen books validated very quiet thoughts in my head that I've been suppressing and gave me the confidence to give them a voice and say them out loud. So for that reason, they are books that I revisit a lot although they are currently in the possession of my friend who I lent them to but she is going to get a text asking for them back soon I was trying to think of a fifth book and I realized it's more of a, a genre it's autobiographies I'm obsessed so recently in the last six months or year I've read Michelle Visage Kelly Osborne, Anna Kendrick Shonda Rhimes a few others I read them faster and more voraciously than I read any other type of book I love people's stories um I'm desperate to get my hands on Andre Agassi's apparently that one is incredible but autobiographies any autobiography I just goo over absolutely love them and just 
I remember once I was supposed to be, I was supposed to be ghostwriting somebody's autobiography and I picked up a couple of similar autobiographies, well, these were biographies, obviously, um, as a ghostwriter, but, um, and I just was like supposed to be writing. And then I found myself reading all these other autobiographies. I, they're the books that I literally cannot put down. Where are we? Question four. Livia asks, what advice would I give my 20-year-old self and what advice do I think my 80-year-old self would give present-day me? Um, Wowzers. Huge question. Massive question. So I had to think about this. When I was 20, I was at university, but I can tell you now I wasn't engaged at all. And I hate to say this in light of what a privilege it is to have access to education, especially back then when it was much easier to get grants and loans, etc. But if I could do it all again, I don't know as if I would go. I would make a case, a stronger, a strong one for not going. I made friends and I socialised for the first time in my life, but I can't remember a single course, essay, lecture or seminar. So I guess I'd have to have a serious conversation with 20-year-old me and ask if I really wanted to be there or whether I thought I should be there. It didn't get me closer to where I wanted to be. If anything, it was a bit of a detour. And three years is a long time to not be pointed in the direction where you want to be headed in. And I guess on a bigger scale, that's kind of a good question to ask yourself at any point in your life. Like, am I where I need to be hang on am I where I need to be to be where I want to be get it am I where I need to be in order to be where I want to be or get to be it's an interesting question and so I think I would encourage my 20 year old self to answer that honestly as for 80 year old me I hope that what she says to present day me is just keep doing what you're doing. Arnie, Oprah, Ellen, Shonda, Bethany, Tim, Tony, Barack, all of them, they will end up doing the podcast. Just hang tight and keep on trucking. Wouldn't that be lovely? Right, question number five. Gretchen asks, how did you continue to be productive at work while learning how to manage your anxiety and depression? So I honestly, I think there's a mixture of luck in having previously put the work in here. Um, I was working almost exclusively from home, which was a blessing because I could hide it, but was also not so great, not so great because I became slightly agoraphobic and didn't really like leaving the house. And at the time I was on retainers with a few clients and they didn't need me to be on site and I was fully capable of getting the work done from home. But I didn't have the energy and wasn't in the right frame of mind to pitch or put myself forward for opportunities. And I stopped networking. And that's a crucial part of my business. So all in all, although I was still able to scrape by financially, I was sabotaging my business the whole time. <clears throat> in the end, kind of the turning point was when I took a week off and just stopped, which helped. But obviously, that's not easy when you work for yourself. But when I came back, I realized I wasn't I was scraping a living doing stuff I really didn't enjoy. And at that point, my podcast was the only thing I was doing that gave me any purpose whatsoever. But even then, um, I went to one podcast recording and had a full scale panic attack in front of my guest because I was just so far gone in terms of the anxiety. But thank goodness she was understanding and kind and helpful and generous and didn't hold it against me. And we did what I thought was a great recording. Um, 
But from taking that week off, I slowly moved away from any clients or any type of work that was stressing me out. Like I remember I used to just get emails from certain people and instantly I'd be on the panic and I'd have to go and literally like have to go and sit down and leave the room. Um, I kind of made a decision to not work with those people. Um, I know this sounds idealistic, but this does come back to Jenison Sincero again. And I asked for the work I wanted to do and that reframed everything. Um, and I don't want you to think that I'm sitting here on a gold mine, able to take time off and ditch clients and all of that. During this time, I had some of the most stressful financial worries I've ever had. And there's no stress like it. I'm sure if you've been through something similar or going through something similar, you'll relate. And I remember thinking, I'm going to have to give it all up, move back in with my parents, open a coffee shop in the village where I grew up. And... Um, <laughs> plaster the walls with pictures of me with celebrities from my magazine days and dine out on the fact that I went to Elton John's house twice every time I froth up a latte. So how did I continue to be productive? Um, at points it was just by doing the bare minimum, but I didn't want to give up and I didn't want to cave in. So there was always like a safety mechanism internally that kicked in just as I was about to quit. I knew I had to change the course of my destiny. But the truth is, there was no science behind it. I literally went from day to day with no strategy or plan. But I guess when the bills pile up, that's motivation. And you just kind of you have to do what you have to do. But that's not to say there weren't days when I literally couldn't face it. I realise that's not a terribly robust answer, but that's just the truth. Um, I wish it was more inspirational. But it's um, it's just life, isn't it? You just you, You've got bills to pay, you have to pay them. Actually, one piece of advice I got from a friend at the time... I remember talking about like making, like finding it a struggle to make money in editorial, etc. And she said, but if you've got bills to pay, I know you're not about to tell me that you're not too good to go and make coffee or work at a makeup counter. And actually, when you realise that, like, just because it's not necessarily the ideal doesn't mean that you can't, you can't provide which I remember when she said that it was quite freeing. It was actually actually like, yeah, if I, if, if I'm beating a dead horse, I do have other options and there's no, no shame. I ain't too proud to go and work on a beauty counter. I think it's a, an honorable job. Actually, I, I couldn't do it because it's hard work. It's selling and I have nothing but full respect for the people who do it, but I, I would go and do it. And I would equally, I would go and brew coffee and be the best barista you've ever seen, you know, because if you're going to do it, do it well, right? Um, question number six. <clears throat> Maria asks how to deal with professional failures and disappointments in the best way. Um, <laughs> I haven't always been a great person to answer this question, but I think the same approach could be applied to life generally, which is that a failure or things not going your way are stepping stones to the good stuff. I had a really significant professional failure and it hit me incredibly hard and I felt really damaged by it for a while actually because I thought I was onto something. But if present day me, to go back to the previous question, could go back and say anything to the me that was in the middle of that, it would be this defines you moving towards what you really want to be doing. So dust yourself off, hold your head high and get back out there because trying and failing is nothing to be ashamed of. 
And I also remember someone talking about where to get business advice and they said, uh, I forget where I read this and I forget who said it. So apologies for not attributing it to someone, but it was something like never ask someone whose first business is their success story. Find the people who fell on their ass more than once and get their advice because they're the ones with the secrets and insights that are invaluable. If you think about it, it's a bit like one hit wonders. Like, would you take advice from the music industry from someone who had one number one or someone who has 10 albums and has bombed a couple of times? Like, I think I know who I would choose. Um, Helen asks, what qualities do you look for in a friend? I thought this is a really interesting question. And this did come up again in that show with Robin uh, from Man for Himself. The link is in the show notes. Um, I don't look for any particular qualities, but if I, but I do believe that if you're true to yourself, you'll attract the right people into your life. Um, and I forget where I saw this, but there was something going around the internet a while ago, and it was along the lines of, if you spend time with someone and you feel energized and excited, then spend more time with that person. But if you spend time with someone and you feel drained, tired and sad, run for the hills. And I would say that that's excellent advice. Shannon, hello Shannon. Shannon asks... If you could choose a totally different career and start it straight away because you've already had the required training, etc., what would it be and why? Oh, this is such a good question. Such a good question. And up until recently, I probably would have always answered it with something like, I would have been an actress because I've always thought telling stories and pretending believably looks like a lot of fun. Plus, and I promise you this, I have all the emotions at my fingertips and acting looks like a really good way to get them out of your system. But a few things in the last couple of years now shape my answer. Following Brexit and Donald Trump becoming president, I think I would go into politics. And before you guffaw, I know that my father will be on the floor right now howling, but before you laugh, I know that present day me wouldn't know the first thing about how to get into politics and affect change. But I do not see myself or my thoughts or feelings about the world reflected back at me by the people who are in a position of power. I feel as though decisions are being made that to anyone with common sense are absolutely insane. That's not to say I can't affect change as a civilian, and that's definitely something I want to explore and pursue when the time is right. And what Joe Jones and Sally Hughes are doing with beauty banks is a great example. But yeah, in fantasy land, I'd speak to Arnold Schwarzenegger about how to start a political career. I wouldn't speak to Arnie. I would just, um, yeah, I think that that would be an honourable pursuit. And yeah, it just feels very of the moment, not of the moment, obviously. Being politically aware is not um, a trend, but it's just something that I keep thinking about more and more. I um, A lot of my friends, uh, particularly my Facebook feeds, uh, people expressing political opinion. I'm just like, why are these people not in power? Why are these people not making decisions? Because I see, I, like, I don't see these opinions anywhere else. But in my conversations, I don't see them on the news. I don't see them reflected back at me on um, things that are actually happening. So yeah, that probably sounds a bit amateur, but hey, I've never said I'm anything but. And the final question: several people have asked me who my favourite drag queen is from Drag Race. First of all, please don't make me choose. Second of all, it's obviously Rue. And thirdly, of the contestants, it's Katia, Trixie, Sharon, Bianca, Adore, Ginger, Minj and Courtney. Okay? And then, oh, there's so many more. There's so many more. I can't even begin. But, um, yeah. 
just everyone watch Drag Race. Again, I talk about that in Robin's podcast as well. I hope that you've enjoyed this this episode. I hope that this Ask Me Anything has covered some of the stuff that um, I know quite a few people have emailed me about. Thank you to everybody whose questions I read out. Thank you for your time and attention. If you want to come and join all the fun over in the Facebook group, I will put the link in the show notes. Head over to Facebook. It's a closed group and it's called The Emma Gunn Show, The Forum request to join and I go through once a day at least and approve everyone uh, provided you know people seem to be there with good reason um, approve everyone and then we start the conversation and we are having a good time over there and this is where a lot of these questions have come from so thank you as ever if you want to send me a message or get in touch I am at the beauty podcast at gmail.com you can slide into my dms on twitter or on instagram where I'm at emma guns and it would be a delight to hear from you I will be back again soon with another episode of the show. So until then, stay well, and I'll see you on the next one. Mm-hmm.